Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Two more murders, 15 miles away. Arrived, they found the telephone and electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Murder. When a child goes missing, it's some of the most heartbreaking news you could hear. On July 27, 1981, a little boy would go missing and a media frenzy would begin. And while his story ends in tragedy, the outcome of his death would change the way the law handles a child disappearing. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On July 27th, Rave Walsh took her son to the Hollywood Mall in Florida to look at a lamp that was advertised at Sears. She left her six-year-old son at the kiosk with an Atari on display and several boys taking turns playing. She completed her inquiry and went to retrieve Adam. When she arrived at the kiosk, she found that it was empty. She asked the security guard where the boys went and was told that after a scuffle broke out, he had demanded that all the children leave the department store. Adam was, according to his parents, too shy to question the authority of the security guard and left with the other children who quickly dispersed, leaving Adam alone outside the store's entrance. She began looking for Adam in the store, believing he may still be inside, and tried paging him over the public address system in the store. She searched for more than 90 minutes for the boy and then called the police. The Walshes worked tirelessly to try and find their son. 
even going on national television and offering a $100,000 reward for his safe return. Their public pleas for their son were on August 11th. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to them, on August 10th, a severed head was found in a drainage canal along the Florida Turnpike almost 130 miles from where Adam disappeared. And, while the rest of his body was never found, the head was positively identified as that of Adam Walsh. The coroner ruled that the cause of death was asphyxiation and that Adam had died several days before he was discovered, the same day he disappeared. John and Reve Walsh were devastated and believed that the Hollywood police botched the treatment of Adam's disappearance from the minute he disappeared. After some investigation, police concluded that Adam was abducted by a drifter and known serial killer, Otis Toole. According to Toole, he lured the boy into his car with the promises of toys and candy. He then drove him towards his home in Jacksonville. While driving, Adam began to panic the further they got away from his mother. Toole then punched the boy in the face, which made Adam panic more. So he, quote, walloped him unconscious. Toole then drove on the turnpike to a deserted service road to dispose of the body. When he realized Adam was still breathing, he then strangled him to death with a seatbelt, dragged him out of the car, decapitated him with a machete, and finally disposed of his body by incinerating it in an old refrigerator. While this seems like an open and shut case, it had its problems and oddities. The police somehow lost the blood-stained carpet from Toole's car, the machete, and eventually the whole car itself. In addition, Otis Toole was infamous for confessing to over 200 crimes and then retracting his accounts of involvement. Though he seemed to provide an accurate account of the murder, and several witnesses placed him in the Hollywood area in the days leading up to Adam's disappearance. Unfortunately, he was never formally charged for the murder of Adam Walsh. He died of liver failure while serving a life sentence for his other crimes in 1996, and his niece came forward saying he made a deathbed confession that he did indeed kill Adam Walsh. Some believe that Jeffrey Dahmer was responsible for Adam's death, he killed more than a dozen men and boys, though Adam was a bit too young, his M.O. was decapitation, and he was living in Florida at the time of Adam's disappearance. Two eyewitnesses even claimed to see him in the mall that day in July. But when questioned about Adam Walsh, Dahmer stated that he didn't have anything to do with that crime and that he had already told police about all of his other victims, so he had no reason to lie about this one. No new evidence was found, and on December 16, 2008, police announced that Adam's case was officially closed, and they were satisfied that Otis Toole was, in fact, his murderer. John Walsh, whose name almost everyone can recognize, went on to be a victim's advocate and create a television show that would help to solve many cold and unsolved cases. A movie titled Adam that detailed the boy's story would be accompanied by a missing children's picture at the end of every broadcast. It was able to help find and reunite 13 missing children with their families. The Missing Children's Assistance Act was created due in part to the Walshes and their advocacy, which allowed for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Code Adam was also created, which helped to find lost children in department stores and malls. 
And in 2006, President Bush made the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act into a law. This bill institutes a national database of convicted child molesters and increases penalties for sexual and violent offenses against children. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on July 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.